Hello and welcome to the Cedarville Stories Podcast. My name is Sarah Gump. Today's guest is Dr. Kevin Jones, Dean of the School of Education. He has the passion of a preacher, the energy of a college football coach, the vision of a Fortune 500 entrepreneur, and the heart of a missionary. Enjoy this lively conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. And Sarah, thank you for that introduction. I am Mark Weinstein, and joining me today on the program is Dr. Kevin Jones, Dean of the School of Education at Cedarville University, and a young man with an infectious smile and enthusiasm for life. Kevin, welcome to the program. It's great to talk with you today. Doc, thank you so much for having me. It brings me great joy to, uh, to engage you in conversation today. This is a God-honoring time, friend. And we always have good conversations, it seems like. Um, but by further introduction, uh, Dr. Jones joined the Cedarville faculty in August of 2020 after serving at Kentucky State University as a chair of the School of Education and Human Development. He's the co-editor of Removing the Stain of Racism from the Southern Baptist Convention, Diverse African American and White Perspectives, and he's also a contributor to Perspectives on Family Ministry and is currently writing Race Unraveled, a biography on the late Dr. T. Vaughn Walker, the first African-American faculty member in the Southern Baptist Convention. Today is the second time that Dr. Jones has been on the podcast, which is a rarity. Uh, I first talked with him back in July when he was literally moving his family from Kentucky to Cedarville. So Dr. Jones, it's been several months since you since moved to Cedarville. How has the transition been for you and your family? It's been uh, fabulous, literally. I mean, we have to consider, uh, you know, all things considered, uh, we got settled in in the middle of a global pandemic and the Lord has been kind. And, uh, you know, what, what has made the transition uh, good has been folks like you, like literally just being inviting, being welcoming, being kind, the Cedarville family, both those who are still uh, here as students and faculty and staff, as well as just the, the number of alums that have reached out to send me encouraging words, uh, they've been loving and kind as well. So it's been a, it's been a sweet transition. It's been good. We've we've enjoyed having you. I I've enjoyed having you. Um, and I do know uh, from personal experience because I've traveled a lot in my career. It's tough to um, relocate, and it's even more difficult to re- relocate from your hometown or home area. So you've done that, and you've done that well. Um, as I mentioned earlier uh, in the introduction, uh, you bring an infectious smile and enthusiasm for life. What's your secret? Man, so, um, you, know, you know, one thing my wife told me, I mean, she, she always tells me, hey, you need to smile more. You know, she's like, sometimes you, you're in so, so a couple of things. One, her encouraging me to smile. If you've met my wife, she has a much more infectious smile than I do. Uh, we often uh, look back when we were in our dating days, we would we would write notes back and forth. And I would always just say, hey, you know, smile for me because she has a, a beautiful smile. So so part of it is the beauty of her smile. And, and, and then the second thing uh, is just is just really trying to constantly reflect over the love and grace uh, that Jesus Christ has given me, man. And so just looking through life through a lens of, of his beauty and his majesty makes me smile. And so, uh, so yeah, between my wife and the power of the Lord, I try to rock around smiling all day. Cause I just, I mean, there's always something to smile and be happy about that. There, there really is. And you know, I, I know it hasn't been all perfect for you at Cedarville. I know you've had r- some rough issues 
time to time uh, with whatever the situation is, but I always see you smiling, and it's a great encouragement to me, and I'm sure you're, it's an encouragement to, to people who uh, come in contact with you. I hope so. Back in July, when you were on the program, I asked you, what was it about Cedarville that made you believe this university was the right place for you at this time? Now, eight months into your work, what's the Lord shown you that reinforces your belief that Cedarville and Kevin Jones were meant to be together? Yeah. Yeah. One thing he showed me is I'm your father and I'm right and you're wrong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He's like, I'm your father. You don't know uh, what is best for you. Because when I think about, you know, just, you know, 10 years ago, I said, yeah, you know, I always see myself working in a, uh, in a a non-Christian setting, trying to exalt Christ in that setting. So he's proven to me time and time again, number one, uh, his ways are better than my ways. His thoughts are much better uh, than my thoughts. And he's also just confirmed along the way uh, through fellowship with the community, through fellowship with my faculty, uh, that, hey, this, this is a great fit, great place uh, for me to be. I feel, I feel the freedom of, of scholarship and the power of the spirit to do those things. And, uh, and I think our leadership here at Cedarville just holds those things in great balance, the fidelity to the scripture. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, Dr. White and team allows us to function and flourish in areas uh, of, of the academy. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. So have, have you experienced any surprises that you weren't expecting uh, when you made the move up here? Uh, let me see any, any surprises. It could be good or bad. No, you know, you know, having visited. So I think the one thing that kind of took the sting away, I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story. I won't try not to be labor. So I came and preached chapel, right? It was almost a year ago to date, right? It was almost really close. It was like late February. Um, and, uh, it was cold. So <laughs> it was, it was Cedarville walking around the lake cold. And so, I remember running to Walmart and the only scarf they had, you know, no coats. I'm like, I'm not buying a coat because I usually don't get that cold. So I ended up buying this, uh, this, <laughs> this big fluffy scarf and uh, and it had a, a pretty effeminate look to it. And I think Dr. Mack, I told him like, Dr. Mack, it was so cold. I had to go run and grab a scarf. He was kind enough uh, to, to purchase me another Cedarville scarf. Uh, so, so I think the most shocking thing would have been the wind coming off the lake. Uh, in the, in the dead of winter, but I was prepared for that. So not not too many other things have been shocking since my arrival here. And I, I know what you mean um, when you when you're walking east to west toward the lake. That that wind can be brutal uh, in the winter, and it can cut into you. But but I say that to be honest, you know, HR just did they they done a great job and saying, hey, here are some things to expect. So there were there were not, there was nothing that surprised me. I think because of the prep work gone in. Uh, the, the extension uh, of the hand from other deans and other administrators and faculty saying, hey, let us help you navigate this. And so, I mean, all hands on deck. I felt that way since I've been here and even before my arrival. So people that folks have guarded me with their wisdom from any um, any surprises. And, and that's uh, it served you well, obviously, in, in, as you it has served me well as you led yeah. school. So. I know from my experiences, Kevin, of moving, this is the sixth university that I've been at in my 30 years. Starting a new position can be challenging. For me personally, it usually takes me like two years to fully adapt to the culture, to the surroundings and my position where I really feel comfortable uh, where I am. What's been your primary focus in your first several months on the job? Yeah, I think uh, it's just trying to strike that balance. You're trying to be a wise leader. So I think my, my primary role, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, and loving the Lord is like, how do I shepherd the faculty and students through this moment? Right. I mean, in, in my lifetime, in our lifetime, I mean, I've never experienced anything like this. And so trying to really lean towards 
uh, the scripture and, and trying to have a God conscience in every single decision that I make. So I think primary for me has been like, how do I shepherd faculty and students and staff, you know, through this, through this transition? So leadership is already tough. Right. And then transition is tough. And then leadership and transition during the middle of a global pandemic is even tougher. And so just trying to trying to love faculty well. I mean, this, frankly speaking, other faculty in my department, and I'm sure the listeners alike, they've lost family members and friends and people have been unemployed. Right. So right. just trying to deal delicately with, delicately with that uh, through working through the scripture. So we've had first Thessalonians in the spring semester and then I mean, in the fall semester and then second Thessalonians here and the spring semester is trying to keep the word of the Lord. Uh, before us at every turn. And, and that probably leads me where I, where I want to take the podcast now, because when we do this podcast, Kevin, uh, we always say that our purpose is to tell Cedarville stories for God's glory. Amen. So with, with what you just said about how you're keeping scripture into your colleagues, etc., how do you hope or believe your story is bringing glory to God? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that just, uh, you know, every decision I make, you know, I told my faculty uh, in, in a recent faculty meeting, I said, I don't want to be known as like, you know, the, the smartest dean you've ever had or the most intelligent or most well-written dean. I, that's not my desire. I said, I want to die. And when I leave, whether it's, you know, in, in two years or 20 years, that it is, he was the most godly dean we had. And so I hope my story is one of Kevin was just godly. You know, I don't think, you know, you know, I tell them all the time, listen, I disagree with decisions that I've made. So it's okay to disagree with me as long as it's not an ungodly decision that I've made. Leaders have to make decisions. And so if you can just look and say he has handled that in such a godly way, like like that, that I want that to be my story. A, A lot of wise men have died and gone before us and they were ungodly. A lot of creators of great inventions have died and gone before us and they and they leave some some of them insignificant impacts, some of them pretty significant impacts. But I want the faculty to say, without a shadow of a doubt, he's the most godly dean we've ever had in the School of Education. So just keeping my face in the scripture, walking in humility, loving and trusting the Lord in order to do that as we navigate these situations together. You know, and uh, and again, my life history has just kind of brought me up to the point to love and to trust the Lord. And as the more I get to know the faculty in this program, the more our hearts are just are just knitted together. And it brings me great joy, man, just to serve alongside such a great group. That's a that's a great goal, and it's really a goal that we all should have, whether you're a dean, whether you're a, a teacher, a teacher, whether you're a, a senior administrator, or just someone who works in public relations. Yeah. Our purpose is to be godly right. and to serve the Lord fully. So thank you for that that encouragement. I, I know um, again, we've had several conversations um, since you first joined uh, Cedarville. Yeah, can, can, I, can, I inter- can I interject just one, one second? Yeah, go ahead. You know, I mean, how about that one conversation when you, when you bust into the office? You want to tell the listeners about, the, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I interview you very quickly? Let's, you know, let's just talk about that conversation. <laughs> uh, I, I do remember that. That was a great conversation. I forget why I was coming to see you. I, I, think, I think there was a uh, media of some organization <laughs> wanting to talk to you about something. And I just took an opportunity to make a pretty grand entrance into your office, and I think it did startle you. Yes, 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 you did. You did startle me. But I do remember that. And that that was a that was a good moment. And actually, that was probably don't you think, Kevin? That was one of the times that we really started to bond together. I think so. I think so. When, when you walk in and you slam the door, 
and you have this face like you've done it now. I mean, a bonding moment typically happens after that. So yeah, I think we bonded pretty quickly after that. Maybe there was a, maybe there was a little guilt on your end. I don't I don't know, but um, but we survived that. That was great. <laughs> okay, so let me let me uh, move on to a, a more serious topic. That was great, Kevin. In talking with you over the last eight, several months, I know discipleship is important to you. Mm-hmm. How do you integrate discipleship? as the dean, as a faculty member, uh, as a colleague in your school department? Yeah, that's great. So as, as a dean, I think part of discipleship, you know, Dr. White's vision is to hire leaders and deans who can help, you know, navigate disciple faculty alike. You know, this is peer discipling, this iron sharpening iron. And so one of the ways I, I've tried to do that as a dean is just, you know, Meet, oh, scheduled meetings with the faculty and staff in, 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 in my program. So we meet, we have coffee, we have lunch. And uh, I know historically, like leaders sometimes do that to get to know the people in their programs. And I'm trying to remind them, now, this is something that I want to do with you on a continual basis, reminding us of why we're here at Cedarville, reminding us one another of why we're serving. So and try to count those as iron sharpening iron moments as we as we disciple one another. As is working with students, uh, you know, the Lord has afforded me an opportunity early on to, to begin to meet with guys. So I studied this winter break. Uh, with a group of um, education majors, young men who are majoring in education, we went through uh, First Peter together. And so we met through Zoom. They were all over the country. And uh, we, we took an hour a week over the last six or seven weeks just to walk through First Peter together and navigating questions of like, what does it mean? They were asking like, what does it mean for me to be a male teacher? What does it mean for me to be a Christian male teacher? What does it mean for me to yeah. be a Christian male teacher in the public school? And how do I keep the scripture before me? And so just trying to walk through life with them and just trying to do for them what uh, what has been done with me and for me as it relates to discipleship. So who are those people who have uh, discipled or mentored you along your journey of faith and in education? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, a few folks come to mind and I hate because I know some, some some significant folks typically get left off lists. So I'm going to try to be as, uh, as precise as possible. You don't have to put me in there. You don't have to put me in there, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> Oh, listen, listen, the only list you're going to be on right now, Doc, is the, you know, is the startle me list. So if the next question is, Kevin, who's the person that has startled you most in your life since you're at Cedarville? I'm going to say, hmm, probably Mark Weinstein. (laughs) So so I think I think my wife has discipled me in prayer. Yeah, we've been together 22 years and she's experienced some pretty uh, some pretty hard hits, losing a mom 13 years ago and a myriad of other things. And just watching her pray, I call her little George Mueller uh, because she is constantly uh, on on her knees before the Lord. So she's discipled me in that in, in our 22 years of being together. Uh, you know, Kevin Smith, uh, you know, discipled me in the significance of just, man, keeping your face in the text. You know, he was like, hey, yeah, you're a fifth grade teacher at that elementary school. Uh, right. That's why I was teaching when he and I first met. He was like, man, how are you saturating Watterson Elementary School with the love of Christ? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then Curtis Woods discipling me on, you know, keeping my face in the scripture and always being ready, always being ready to teach and to preach and to give a defense uh, for for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, those that have kind of gone on before us, you know, Booker T. Washington, I'm discipled by his, by the 14 volume set of notes and documents and speeches that he has left behind because he he loved Christ and he was a, he was a slave uh, to Christ as well, too. So those are just a few. Uh, that I've been, uh, you know, pretty significant, uh, as well as probably like the late Dr. Kenneth Chapman. 
he served as vice president of student affairs at Kentucky State University when I was uh, when I was a student there. And he he just did a phenomenal job of showing me what it meant to be a godly husband uh, working in in the academy. So those, those are just a few. Doc. I can go on and on about uh, folks that have uh, helped disciple and uh, and shape shape my life my life. So discipleship is kind of like what you're doing with a, a project that you're working on with Lifeway. Uh, it's a project for children called Questions for yeah. Kids. Uh, is it really about discipleship? And what's the purpose of the program? Yeah, I think it is about discipleship. I think it's about uh, it, d- discipleship is training, right? The, the discipline of teaching and learning and training. And so, you know, talking with the team at Lifeway, they, they are always setting before them, how, how are we working through our material in a cyclical way, in a way that is is helping answer the tough questions? And so as much as I'm answering questions about uh, Proverbs uh, with, with Kennedy, Kevin, and Carson as a part of our morning devotion right now, this is an opportunity uh, for us, uh, godly people who are chasing after Christ to disciple both parents and kids alike. And so I do know, I mean, there, there's a point in my life when even as I engage New believers are, are are those who are who are speculative and who are just trying to figure out Christ. They have questions too, and so how do we disciple them to pivot their heart more towards uh, having a, wanting their uh, wanting to love wanting to love God more? So the questions are are precisely pointed at discipling the listeners. Um, so this 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 uh, LifeWay yes, program uh, that you're doing that that's been recorded. Uh, in the Cedarville University newsroom, how many how many programs are in this uh, series? Yeah, so uh, so I uh, think I think there were I think there were sixteen that we've recorded uh, so far, and I think there'll be on average about fourteen to sixteen each quarter for the next three years. And so I'll continue to to work through and answer questions uh, as they relate to the material that Lifeway is publishing. Uh, as part of their curriculum. Can you recall a question that you've answered for a kid? And are, and, and do these questions really come from kids or do you, do you make the questions up? No, no, no. They, they, the questions come from kids. The questions come from kids. Now, 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 of course, let's, let's be honest here. Because of the levels of biblical learning that I think Lifeway deals with, sometimes we have to help reframe questions for kids. And so they, 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 they come from kids. But, right. of course, because it is uh, material that has to be published, we want to make sure there's some, there's some polishing uh, done uh, to the questions as well, but the questions are coming from kids. Um, I can't, I can't recall any particular questions. I know, I think, the, I think the first one is like, you know, um, if God made everyone, who made God? Is something like that? I think is a question. I mean, that is a, <laughs> that's a question. Yeah. That, you know that 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 your Wayne Grudem's and 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 theologians are answering and dealing with, and so to take that question and and put it in a way, you know, tangible enough for a six year old. Uh, is exciting and just trust the power of the yeah. spirit to do that. And so say, hey, listen, no, no one made God, which is hard for us. He, he, he existed before time. And like, whoa, like, like, what does that mean? And he will exist when our framework of time ends. And so uh, just working through that has been fun with our kids, or for the kids rather. Yeah. And you're a great one to do that because one, you have the background in the Bible. You have a firm grasp of the Bible. I mean, we, we can all learn more and grow more in our in our faith and our understanding of scripture. I understand that. But you have a great reservoir there and you connect well with people of all ages, not just people my age, but younger ones. And so you seem to be a perfect person for that. So with that with that said, what what's the purpose or what's the hope of how this questions for kids will really impact the greater church community? Yeah, I think our desire, um, our as mean as I, as I work with Lifeway, 
is that hearing these questions would do a, a few things, you know, a- answer those tough questions in, in, a, in a technical way. Like, I have a real question. I, I need an answer. And I think our prayer and our desire is that these answers would lead young children and adults alike, and if you're young in your faith, to, to love Christ more, to love God more, and to trust him more. Like, I think that's that's the end goal. We want people to love God more. Want to love more? Yeah. Have you uh, had any feedback? How have they been received by the by the young kids? Yeah. So I've, I've received feedback right now from the team uh, at Lifeway, editing the questions and working through them, and it's been good feedback. And, you know, I, I tell people, listen, I, I've been a teacher uh, my whole life. I started teaching Sunday school at about seventeen, and so um, and I say, hey, listen, I'm okay with with harsh feedback. Give me the truth. Give me the feedback because I want it done well. And the reception has been it's been great. It's been good. They, they were well pleased. And I think hopefully the, the, it's serving the churches and will continue to serve church as well. Is this kind of like a part of a Sunday school curriculum kind of idea or growth groups or, or how? Yeah, I think ideally it's going to be used in the Sunday school setting uh, in, or in order to, in, in the church setting. But these are also questions that can be shared and expanded and utilized for the church uh, the best way the church sees fit. Because, again, you know, Lifeway's desire is to serve, it's, it's to serve churches, you know, globally. And if you think, oh, you know what, this works well with our, our Tuesday night program, our Saturday morning program, hey, then, then use it there. However you want to utilize these questions uh, so that they fit, then hey, have at it. I think that's our goal and our desire. Particularly, again, I can't say it enough, at a time where uh, connecting face-to-face has been extremely difficult, just not happening, or happening at least in, in smaller in smaller ways right now. Yeah. How long are these programs? How long does it take you to answer one question, typically? Well, that depends on how many times I say crazy stuff. So I'm recording one. I say crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so recording one video. And uh, I didn't refer to the Old Testament. I, I didn't say I didn't say Old Testament. I just said like old. And without saying the word testament. And that's significant when you're when you're seven hearing a response, right? Right. It may mean nothing to you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we can look over that. But I just said the old, and I, I just forgot to say the word testament. And so that was like a complete retake um, or, or an editing process. So the, the, the answers are short answers, you know, three to five minutes. Okay. But depending upon how well I can, I can, I can answer those questions, um, some of them a couple of takes, some of them more uh, than, than a couple of takes. It just depends upon uh, I understand <laughs> how that. I'm working through it. <laughs> How I'm working through it. I understand uh, the, the necessity to have more than one take at times. There you go. But, uh, Maybe seven or eight sometimes. Yeah. And then and then it's a matter of me saying, yeah, I like that and like feeling good about the answer. And then the consulting team as well as we work through and was like, well, you know, you said that and it may not be as helpful or you may not need to say that passage or, you, you know, consider this. So, um, yeah, and then yeah. I get I get a kid's name wrong because, again, they're actually coming from kids. And if I'm in the middle of responding to a question, I forget who I'm talking to. I'm like, oh, man, it was Michael, not Tammy. Retake. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. So is, I assume it's LifeWay's goal, your goal, that this is an ongoing project that may not have an end date in mind? Yeah, well, and I think uh, at least this first round will be three years worth of recording these these questions and answers. But I, I foresee a, a lifelong uh, relationship with LifeWay and partnership with them as we continue to, to think through curricular ideas uh, yeah. for for the church. I mean, Lifeway has a desire just to serve the local church. And so always working through ways in order in order to best do that. And uh, thoughtful folks there. Yeah, now this, this just hit me as you were saying that. Is there a connection between Lifeway and this project that can benefit our students here or our faculty here? 
Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, one desire was, hey, hey, consider using the the material in your own local body. Uh, and then as we work through these uh, questions, I think our students, because some of them have asked me about them, it's having them think through one thing that, that my desire is for them to do. When I think about uh, how I see our students serving, I want all of them to teach Sunday school. Right. right? So I started off my teaching career. Mark, I think I said this once before as, as, as a 17 year old kid teaching Sunday school at Little Flock Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And that right there, and since then, I've been a Sunday school teacher. I'm not saying that in a legalistic or, or, or flamboyant type way. I'm just saying, hey, I've loved teaching and I've wanted to use my skill of teaching to teach the Bible. And so I think what our students are seeing now is, OK, here's an opportunity for me to be a, a Sunday school small group teacher. And that's part of the challenge I gave the guys through our discipleship. Like, don't just don't just teach seventh grade. You know, don't just teach chemistry at a high school teach the Bible, find a local church, get plugged in and teach the scriptures. And I'm hoping that this will, will show our students and, and students globally the significance of good material and the significance of teaching the Bible to children. Yeah, I know you have said this to me before that you have a passion for Cedarville people, Cedarville faculty, staff yeah. to not just go to church, not just congregate in, in clusters at the same church, but spread out and impact different churches with this message of truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Go ye therefore, right? Right. Salt and light. Right. You know, I'm, I'm resting in those things. So, Kevin, we're, we're uh, coming close to the end. I have two questions that I want to ask you. And knowing you, um, these could be really short answers or they could be really long answers. So, are you saying I talk too much, Mark? Are you? I'm trying. To, no, no. Trying to gauge what you're saying. No, there. no. Don't re- don't read okay. anything, Kevin. <laughs> talk to your wife; she'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But what, but what I'm interested in is, I, my second to last question, I'm inter- interested in knowing, bring it back to the School of Education, what is your vision for the education programs at Cedarville? What, what, what's your vision for the School of Education? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great question. So, so I think one, one of the things uh, that I'm doing in this first year uh, is just trying to, trying to gauge all of our resources, all of our opportunities all the strengths of our faculty, the strengths of the university, the strengths of our of our collaborating partners and trying to see in order to help me formulate a more concrete vision for the school. Right. So I want to be very, very careful to do that, you know, you know, surveying what it is we have as I try to vision cast. But but ideally, uh, Mark, I'm thinking of Cedarville University, our school of education. It's been a few things. Number one, a place where uh, the K through 12 schools can look as a resource and as a reservoir of information. So if you're working at a, at a, at a, at a K through 12 Christian school, you think when you, when you look for sound research and, and sound theology, uh, both in a pedagogical and a theological sense, you can pivot and say, I know where I can go and get good information. Right. So you think, hey, you know, where can I go get a good cinnamon roll? People you know where you go get a good cinnamon roll. Where can I find the best coffee? Like those those places are pretty clear. Right. So for, for, our, for our K through 12 partners, right, both locally and internationally, I want them to say, you know what? I'm sure Cedarville is thinking about this issue and they can help us navigate whatever a contemporary or historical issue is. And we have we have we have the bandwidth to do that. Uh, we have the expertise within the faculty up and down this hall in order to do that. And that's one thing. That's one of the visions that we would just people just look and say not, not you know, they're, they're good at what they do and as a place to um, to turn for formation. You know, secondly, I want to be known that the, the vision is that we are, we are ser- serving our local community, hands down. And so that as our as our community partners think about us, a vision is that, again, we have all hands on deck 
serving and meeting the needs of the local schools and the local communities and the local families. So my vision is that, uh, that, that our faculty and staff and students alike are intimately involved with an organization, with a family, with a partner in order to be not just, I'm just it's not about being known, but it's about making Christ known. So when they ask a sophomore student, like, why in the world are you volunteering here? Why are you doing this virtual tutoring and nobody's paying you for this? Our student can say, ah, here's my inroad in order to share the gospel and the glorious right. gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so th- that's just a couple of things uh, that, that I'm hoping as, as we vision cast for, for the School of Ed here. For, yeah, for me, what you're saying is we need to develop relationships with people because with relationships, that offers an entree, an open door to sharing what's really important, and that's that's the truth of the gospel. That's right. That's what you're trying to achieve. Do you see this um, vision as being unique, um, or do you see this vision taking place in other Christian universities? Yeah, you know, first I want to say I think the faculty and staff have done a phenomenal job at, at establishing relationships here. Uh, I do I do want to say that. I just want to make sure that we're expanding and that we're enhancing uh, what it is we've done. And, uh, and so often, you know, may, maybe not unique, uh, simply, but I think the unique portion would simply be carrying it out. I simply see myself as as a steward of God and as His servant, simply stewarding the gift that He's given me in the School of Education in order to steward in order to steward my responsibilities well. And so, yeah. you know, you know, people come up with phenomenal idea, phenomenal ideas, but it's the carrying out of those ideas that I think is significant and that can set us apart. It's, you know, we're not talking theoretical things. I want to talk about doing the work right. that we say we're going to do. And that's my vision, that we do what it is, a part of it, that we do what it is we say we're going to do, and that we do it well. We do it well. Well, I need to wrap up this podcast, but it, it sure seems to me that the School of Education is in really good hands with your leadership, as well as the faculty who are part of your, your school. Um, yes, sir. You guys are on the right path, so I, I want to encourage you to keep moving forward. Uh, don't slow down. And... Uh, Thank you for sharing that. My yeah. my last question, Kevin, I asked this to you um, in the first podcast. I want to hear what the uh, Lord's teaching you now. So mm-hmm. what is the Lord teaching you um, at this point in your life? Yeah, I, I may have alluded to it a little bit earlier, Mark, but I think he's teaching me that I can, that I can trust him. You know, at, at every turn, he's teaching me that I, that I can trust him. And I am learning uh, more and more uh, just, just to trust his word. Right. So it just I mean, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, you read you read uh, I mean, I read my morning devotion with the family and I'm like, OK. And then whatever it is that we've dealt with in the morning around our morning devotion, it's directly applicable at some point in my workday. It just it just happens that way. Uh, and so he's teaching me, you know, hey, your personal time with me, Kevin, is, is significant because I'm, I'm task oriented and I'm thinking about setting tasks before me continually. And he's teaching me. A, the, and I don't want to sound legalistic here, but but the task and joy of coming to, before him and reading scripture and prayer, he's teaching me, hey, keep this your first priority. Keep devotion to me your first priority. And he's just, the Lord is just teaching me, hey, I can, hey, that he can, he can be trusted uh, all the more, which is, which is, which is awesome and, and beautiful. And he's also teaching me, I don't have to fight my own battles. Uh, you know, he's teaching that, you know, we were in second Thessalonians uh, chapter one, verses five to 10. Yeah. And the, the scripture there says, hey, I'm going to grant relief to y'all. Oh, what a sweet relief. He said, I'm going to trouble anyone who's troubled you. And this is Paul, of course, writing to the Thessalonians. And But it speaks like, hey, those who are bringing you trouble, I, I'll take care of them yeah. when I return. Yeah. You know, it's this reminder. It may not be fixed tomorrow. It may not ever be fixed. But when he returns, he will make all things new. 
And that right there makes me smile. <laughs> it brings great joy uh, to my heart. That's a great conclusion. I, I've learned some of the same lessons in my Bible study fellowship curriculum right now that I'm going through. We're actually we're in Genesis. And when I think of Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Esau, and how they just took things in their own hands at times and didn't trust the Lord. It's a great admonishment and a lesson for all of us to heed and uh, know that we can trust God. So Kevin, Amen. thanks for sharing that. Thanks for joining me uh, again on this podcast. Uh, you're only the second person to have been on the podcast twice. So we'll see. Um, uh, there may be a moratorium that I can't have you on anymore this year, but we'll, we'll check it out. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a great guest, though. So thanks for joining me on the program. Mark, listen, thank you so much. And to my Cedarville family, hey, we love you all. Yes, we do. And uh, Mark, I, I look forward to seeing you around campus again soon, my friend. Okay. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories Podcast, brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.